Today we have Mike Macapinlack on the podcast. Thank you for joining us, Mike. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We met at Minfluential a couple weeks ago, and it's been great following you now, but I learned a little bit about your story, and I'm really excited to dive in and talk about how you became the internet entrepreneur that you are today. <laughs> yeah, it was great to meet both of you for sure, and uh, it was a fun event. I'm excited to see you guys next year, hopefully sooner. But uh, to answer your question, um, so my business helps shy guys improve their social confidence so they can succeed in their personal, romantic, and professional life. So uh, that business got started because I needed to learn how to improve my own social confidence for myself. You know, um, my family and I moved to Canada when I was 16. Um, during the time of this recording, I'll be 33. So it's been, you know, I've been here half my life. Um, but you know, like the first few years of being in a brand new country was, was, was a huge struggle for me due to a number of things. You know, the first one, when I moved to Canada, I actually didn't speak English. Like I knew how to read, I knew how to write, but I never had an opportunity to speak the language. Number two, I had really bad social anxiety. You know, I grew up in a culture, uh, you know, both in the Philippines and in, uh, growing up in the middle East, like both are very, you know, like conservative, conservative, uh, cultures. Like I remember living in Saudi where, prolonged eye contact is very discouraged um, and even considered impolite, right? So when I came here, I had to, not only did I have to learn a new language, but I had to learn all the social norms. Like I remember back in high school, my friends would be like, yo man, that's sick. And in my head, I'm like, oh, does he need medicine? Like I just, I, you know, I was, <laughs> I was considered, considered a weird kid growing up. Um, so long story short, you know, I ended up uh, getting a career as well, working for an engineering company. So up until my early 20s, I just didn't have a lot of experience going out and socializing with people. So I spent a lot of, um, you know, like, uh, again, like my teens and 20s at home, watching TV, playing video games. And then, you know, I, I just kind of got sick and tired of, of watching other people have fun and enjoy themselves. And that's kind of when I started my journey to learn more about how do I improve my social confidence? You know, like how do I confidently go out and make friends and, you know, get girlfriends and, and just, and just feel good about who I am as a person. So, you know, fast forward to today, um, I have an online business that currently generates, uh, almost six figures every single year. I work with guys, uh, privately walking them through a 12 week program. Um, it's the exact blueprint that I learned uh, to implement on my own that I've taught in person before I move things online. And I've got a weekly interview show very similar to you where I interview different experts on many topics of socializing, meeting people. So, you know, I've had Brock on the show. John, I still have to uh, book you there at some point. And uh, yeah, you know, the whole premise of my business is in life, it's not what you know, but who you know, but then we're just never educated, right? Like we, we never learn how to, you know, be confident. How do you start conversations without asking too many questions? How do you make small talk? How do you get out of small talk? How do you open up? How do you, uh, how do you integrate humor and flirting? You know, all these things, right? Like you're not taught these things in school or by your parents. So like my business provides that resource for um, guys who are technically skilled, but they struggle to communicate themselves socially. I think one of the best, uh, I love that story, and I think one of the best almost demonstrations of your skill and ability was I think you had some of the most either engaging or like thoughtful questions to the panelists whenever people would open up to the audience. It seemed like you asked questions on a lot of them, but you really seemed to know how to either like get the right answer out of somebody and, and really engage them. Is that something that 
you know, you picked up when you were younger and you were starting to learn more of the culture? Where do you think that started? That's a great question, and, and, and I appreciate the compliment. I think for me, um, so a lot of guys, when they come to me for help, they, you know, the, the, the issue is like, oh, I don't know what to say. But how can you not know what to say? You know, if you're at least, if you're listening to the show and you're at least 20 years old, you've got two decades of life experience you can talk about. So the problem comes from not knowing what, it's not from not knowing what to say, it's that I believe what I have to say doesn't matter, right? So I'm sure that, you know, like there were like, what, 500 people at that event? And there were some powerhouses um, who, were, who are openly sharing their advice on how, how they got to where they're at. So for me, like, I just know that I'm an, I'm an uh, you know, I matter, my questions matter, and the stuff that I want to know matters too. So I'm just going to say exactly what's on my mind. So I've developed this level of comfort in my own skin that I can just kind of ask or, or say, like, whatever comes to mind. When you first got started, uh, you know, I, I think like a lot of smart uh, modern entrepreneurs, you were kind of solving a problem that you saw or a problem that you actually had. So you kind mm -hmm. of saw this problem of, you know, being a shy guy and not having the success you wanted in your romantic, professional, social life. You figured it out and decided to teach other guys. Was that something from day one where you like, this is going to be a business, I'm going to make a living like this? Or was it more like a side hustle? Or did you, ha did you have a master plan going into it? That's a great question. So <clears throat> basically, what, what kind of started this idea was, so like, you know, uh, backtrack a little bit. When I was working for an engineering company, I actually got recruited to work as a bartender um, and, you know, like manage nightclubs and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, you know, so that became like a little fun side gig that I was doing while working my boring day job. And then I kept seeing these two guys, you know, like they were always at my bar almost every single week. And th they were always we uh, they were always with two, you know, like two other guys. I was like, what? Like, who are these guys? Like, what? Like, what? What are they doing here? They're always here. And then I went up and asked them and they said they were dating coaches. And I was like, what? So my first question was, what did you go to school for that? Because, you know, I, I thought like every career that um, you have, you have to go to school for. And they're like, no, we're actually dropouts and we just kind of started, um, you know, like doing this as a business, right? So I knew when they said that I had to get involved. Um, and then when it, it, it became time for me to quit my job, um, uh, they actually trained me to, they took me on as an intern and then they trained me to not just coach, but sell these high ticket programs. And we traveled all over Canada, teaching guys, the, uh, you know, like these live, um, dating boot camps back in the day. So when I quit my job, you know, I had the most experience in that niche and, and in that business model. So I stuck with, you know, like what I knew it was the lowest hanging fruit for me to, you know, as you know, like when you don't have a job, you have no money coming in, but the bills don't stop coming. Right. So that was like, um, my low hanging fruit. And that's kind of what started the business. But then obviously like when I was doing things on my own now and I'm my own boss, I had to learn other skills like marketing, you know, like business, positioning, all these things. And plus, with my experience working with guys one on one in person, I started to figure out that there were a lot of other things that they were missing, right? You know, a, uh, you know, a big part of it is, you know, uh, poor self image, negative self talk. So I figured that, so that's why I left the dating niche and kind of branched out into more social confidence because I feel like if I approach this topic from this angle, I can cover a lot of topics rather than coming at it from like, oh, here's how to meet women type of thing, right? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. It did when you first got into it and you kind of jumped in, or you, you know, you had a job and then you, I guess, 
sort of eased in, but you know, you made that leap eventually to go full time. Did you, how, how, how did that transition work financially? Like, was that first year pretty successful or did you, was it a side hustle for a long time? Cause I think a lot of people, uh, struggle with like when to go full time or when to, you know, leave their day job. Yeah. So that's a great question. So, um, you know, full disclosure, I actually went broke trying to pursue business for the first time, right? Because I didn't understand cash flow. That's number one. Number two, I didn't understand, um, you know, just like marketing, lead generation, all these things. So like I was making money. The issue was never about making money. I always knew how to make money. It was keeping money, right? So long story short, like while, while I was pursuing this business, I wasn't tracking my cash flow. I was spending more than I, than I was earning to a point where, you know, like I had a lot of credit card debt. So, so I was like, holy shit, like I need to fix this very quickly. So I did the last thing that I, that I, that I would ever want to do, which was go back to my corporate job. But, um, so a lot of people are like, Oh my God, like you, you got a job. But in my head, I'm just like, well, I'm going back for a purpose because you know, like I have a background in structural design, you know, like that type of career actually makes very good money. So I went back in knowing that I'm just gonna, you know, um, plug the holes in my boat cause I was sinking very fast. So I went back, started saving some money. And then while I was there, I, you know, I was educating myself, right. You know, I was listening to, you know, different podcasts, like, you know, back then it was internet business mastery, smart, passive income. Then I discovered Amy Porterfield and then all these other online entrepreneurs. And later on I bought their uh, courses and back. And, and so now I have more money to play with. So I had to go back to my corporate job. So the second time that I quit, I, a, I had, um, I had less debt. I had more of a safety net. And number three, I was, I was well educated. So actually a lot of my friends in my immediate social circle right now, um, are, you know, they, they've been, you know, like watching my journey and they're like, Oh, I want to start my own business too. And the number one thing that I told them is don't quit right away. Like, don't just quit your job and start your business. Make sure your business is already generating money before you quit your job so that, you know, um, again, both of you are creative people and, and I'm sure you, you guys can attest to this. It's hard to be creative when you're worried about how you're going to pay your bill at the end of the month. Right. What were you spending on? Were you spending like to build a business or tools or like, just any picture of that? <laughs> so again, like my type of business is interesting. So like I was teaching guys back then how to date, right? And um, you know, how to meet girls and stuff like that. So we were like always going out. And when you're out, you know, like one drink turns to two, two turns to four, you know, like cab rides, uh, eating out late at night, you know, obviously like wanting, wanting to look good because you're going out and stuff like that. So I was just spending outside of my means, trying to portray this image of success. Mind you, I was like really insecure back then too. Um, try, I was trying to prove a point, you know, I was trying to be like, oh yeah, I'm the shit. Like, or like, I have this all figured out. So I was, I was trying to look successful, even though I wasn't. So I was compensating for my lack of knowledge with real business skills. That's fascinating. And it's when, you know, when I met you now, you have this very like quiet, humble confidence, but I think Thanks, obviously man. that takes, it seems like it's taken you some time to build up, but, uh, I wouldn't even catch that part of you today. Oh, I appreciate that. And my intention this year has been, uh, just like radical honesty. So to me, I just want to be as honest and transparent with people as possible. And to me, like, again, like it keeps me humble, right? Like I, I can go through my day and go through different conversations, whether it's a date, a friend, or like this, you know, a podcast, knowing that I'm consistent and I'm, I'm the same all throughout, you know, like I want to be, I, I want my voice to be uh, exactly the same, whether it's on Instagram or a podcast or in person.
Yeah, I love that. So when you switch back to the timeline a little bit, like when you left that engineering job for the second time and, and really went full time into your business, you know, with better financial position, better head on your shoulders, how old were you then? Like what, when was this in your life? Yeah. So I started learning about entrepreneurship at uh, 20. Um, that's when I read the four hour work week and I was exposed to this brand new idea that, wow, like you're telling me that I don't have to work for 40 years and retire at 60 before I can enjoy my life. Like you're telling me that I could have these like mini retirements all throughout the year. So like I could work a little bit and then retire a little bit. So that, so that's when I kind of started entertaining the idea of, you know, as Tim Ferriss calls it lifestyle design. But then I got involved with that dating company um, when I was like 21, 22. And then for like three, four years, that's when, you know, like I was working with them, you know, kind of getting paid, you know, irregularly, stuff like that. And I, yeah, I was living through my credit cards uh, for, for the majority of it. But then I ended up kind of, I guess, like snapping out of this fantasy when I was like 24. And that's when I realized that like, wow, I need to take better responsibility with my finances. So 20. 526, I think around that timeline is when I went back to my engineering job and then I quit again and I've been full-time since I was 27 and this year I'll be 33. So a little bit over five years. Oh, that's awesome. And has the model changed much in that five years? Huge, huge. Like for the first two years of my business, Brock, like I actually didn't have um, a website. I, I had a meetup group. So like what I was doing was I was cycling four different presentations and I was letting meetup promote for me. So because meetup would promote for me and back then, you know, like I had learned some basic copywriting and stuff like that. So it was basically like a webinar model, but I didn't have the money to like spend in, uh, you know, like go to webinars and stuff like that. So I, I was using the webinar model, but in person. So I had four different presentations that I, that I would present through a meetup. And that was actually my business for the first two years. You know, I was selling these guys, uh, you know, the weekend program. And then later on, as I, as I had more funds and, you know, I, I started to network with other entrepreneurs, I, I started learning about online entrepreneurship. So it took me, I, I say like a year and a half to move everything online. And then now I'm, uh, I'm online full time. So I have students from before it was just local or like, you know, Calgary, Vancouver uh, type of thing. But now I have students from all over the world, you know, Denmark, India, Australia, the United States, Canada, stuff like that. So that's awesome. And how, how do you find, or I, I should say, how do most of these students find you? Because I know you have your website, your podcast, and you probably do some other marketing stuff. So what's your like main lead generator? Yeah. So my, so I, again, like I learned this from experience, right? And, uh, you know, I've tried a lot of different things. Um, so because my programs are high ticket, my sales cycles tend to be a little bit longer, you know? So the whole, you know, like, uh, buying traffic from Facebook type of thing, putting them through a funnel like that didn't work for my business because obviously it takes um, it takes a lot of trust, you know, like no like and trust. Right. And that takes time as well. So um, a lot of my marketing tends to be very relationship based focus and, and very, again, like very longer term. So, you know, uh, appearing on other podcasts, um, having my own podcast, uh, weekly emails, you know, where I, I share a story, you know, give a tip, stuff like that. So a big, a lot of it is leveraging other people's audiences and, um, you know, like people finding me, uh, through like my guest posts from other sites and stuff like that. So yeah, that's been like my main source of, uh, of, uh, marketing. So, uh, guest podcasting, guest blogging, 
my own podcasts and, uh, you know, people buying my books and them seeing me speak on stage. That's those four things have been really, really good for me for marketing. How do you split your time or what's the time split between each of those activities, like either marketing yourself or then you've got the coaching side where you're doing your one-on-one sessions. How does that time split work? Yeah, that's a good question. So like every, so I plan my, uh, my year per quarter. So like, uh, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you some, uh, some, some recent examples. So Q1, I knew that if I wanted to get more speaking engagements and, and, and the thing about speaking engagements, you know, to me, it's interesting because once people have seen you on stage, once people have seen you on TV, you know, like your perceived value goes up, right? Cause now like, um, not only, I mean, obviously, like you have to know what you're talking about, but now other people know that you know what you're talking about. So it, so it creates this like kind of authority, celebrity perception around you. So that's why I've been pursuing more speaking engagements, uh, media exposure, uh, again, like writing books and stuff like that. Because at that point, like, you know, positioning is everything, right? You know, for example, uh, you know, Brad Pitt, like how hard does Brad Pitt need to ask out a girl to get a date? Like not very hard, right? Because he's Brad Pitt. So again, by like working on um, my positioning and again, like leveraging my story as in, you know, there's a lot of people in this space, right? Teaching charisma, social skills, dating advice, but I feel like very few people have my background and my story. So I've been levering, leveraging that quite a bit. Um, so to answer your question, every quarter I have one specific focus and I found that that's been like the most productive for me. And then the other thing as well is um, instead of tracking my time, I track my energy so, you know, for example, there's a reason why I don't schedule any calls or meetings before 12, because from 6.30 a.m. until 10 a.m., that's like my most creative time. That's when I do all my content creation, writing emails, writing books, you know, like scripting my podcast, my videos and stuff like that. Um, and then after lunch, you know, like my energy tends to be not as creative, but I still have energy. So that's when I schedule, you know, podcasts, sales calls, coaching calls, stuff like that. So paying attention to my energy instead of uh, managing my time. And then the third thing is uh, creating a process for the things that I do. And then every single week having a, just like a weekly reflection, you know, like what went well, what were my wins? What, what things can I do differently? Was I really happy this week? If so, you know, like what do I need to change next week? So just being very um, intentional and really paying close attention to how I feel as a person and, and as an entrepreneur and making sure that my level of fulfillment is high because if I'm not happy, then I'm no good to anybody, right? I like tracking energy versus time because I can tell you I spent a lot of time on stuff at work, but the energy was not proportionate to the amount that I needed to spend. So that's a great way to look at it. There you go. It. Now, you're, yeah. you're a solo, like one-man shopper. Do you have a small team or do you have some mentors that you regularly speak to? I have contractors and I have, you know, I've been, again, like I, I, I feel blessed because I have a lot of other uh, high level entrepreneurs that I can now call as friends in my immediate social circle. So I feel like, you know, I have a lot of unofficial mentors and uh, I don't know, I've got this like weird habit of um, if I go to YouTube and, and then I find like a, either like a TED talk or like a lecture or something, um, I like to play that in the background while having lunch. So I feel like I feel like, you know, I've got this like coach <laughs> that's like talking me through a, a, a difficult moment and like giving me lessons. I've got this like collection of, you know, just like different audio clips or, or video clips. Um, and I've got them titled like relationship or business or spiritual. And whenever I need something, I just play it and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that thing. So it's this like little reminder that I give to myself on a regular basis. 
And how did you decide to go to Menfluential? Because that's like investing in yourself, investing in your business, but it's an incredible networking opportunity. Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, uh, yeah, Menfluential was definitely something that I've always, uh, it's, a, it's an event that I've always wanted to attend. You know, obviously, like the quality of speakers like you guys uh, uh, were there and, you know, proximity is power. Number two, I, I, again, this is all from, my, from experience. Every single business opportunity that I've had has been because of a handshake. Like I was there in person, I was able to shake their hands and, and the people, the person on the other end, you know, like he or she was able to feel my sincerity, my presence, my genuineness, you know, like my, my passion for what I do. So I become, uh, that's way more impactful than any, you know, like Facebook messenger or email or text or whatever that you can send, like being in person and shaking people's hands, you know, like that'll do more for your business in terms of growing your professional network than anything else you can imagine. So, you know, if you're listening to this right now and you're new, get around as many influencers that's related to your industry as you can and like meet them in person, you know, put in that time because eventually later on, you know, sooner than later, that relationship will pay off. Yeah, that is so true. There, there's something really powerful about meeting people in real life, especially if you run or are trying to run an online business. And I remember actually when you first got, I think, I think you reached out to me or I reached out to you. I can't remember, but we, we Skyped. Um, and you know, when someone reaches out via email and they ask if they can uh, Skype or talk on the phone, I always say yes, you know, and cause it's a much better way to connect with somebody. And so you're, you're absolutely right. If you're a new uh, content creator or business owner and you want to kind of fast track your way to opportunities for guest posting or for exposure or whatever, um, go to a conference, you know, and just spend the money and meet some people. I, I wanted to, to ask you a little bit about like the actual coaching because you've coached so many people at this point. Are there maybe like one or two gems you could share, like patterns that you see with, you know, shy guys, um, you know, maybe problems that they have or, or, or solutions that you help them with um, that you've noticed over the years? Yeah, I'll share five if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, so th there's there's five pillars of my program because these are like five things that a lot of guys that I've uh, worked with and you know even from my personal experience trying to figure this out, like these are the five things that they need to work on in order to succeed. So my program is broken. It starts with, uh, uh, you know, changing your mindset. I'll give, I'll give the outline first and then we'll kind of go through them individually if that's okay. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that um, that I help guys with would be their mindset, because as you know, like you know, thoughts become things, and you'd be surprised how many guys have such a nasty self-talk, you know, and then they have such a poor self-image of themselves. So that's the first thing we work on. Uh, second thing is first impression. So I work with I work with a lot of guys who are technically skilled, so like you know, programmers, engineers, people in finance, you know, stuff, and that like that like STEM, you know, science technology, engineering, and math, like that, like those kinds of people take my program. Um, most of them have a, a day job where they sit for eight, 10, 12 hours per day. So like <laughs> they look like a question mark. They've got a, they, they just have bad posture and they have poor uh, style. And then uh, number three would be managing. I, I help, I work them through uh, a few exercises to help them manage their social anxiety. Number four, a lot of the guys that I work with tend to be very logical, so they don't understand how to how to 
you know, tell good stories, right? Make it more emotional and compelling. And then number five, most of them have no clue where to go. You know, like if you think about it, when you were back in school, your social life was basically handed to you, right? Like, you, you know, your the whole system is designed so that you see the same people in class, uh, extracurricular activities, fraternities, clubs, stuff like that, right? But then when you leave school, you're kind of left to figure things out on your own. So like you, most people never had to worry about meeting people, right, when they're in school. But then you're out in the real world, you're like, oh, shit, like things have changed. So those those are the five things that I help them figure out. So, um, yeah, to, to share some gems, uh, you know, first, first part is the mindset. The biggest thing that I think a lot of guys really struggle with when it comes to meeting people is they don't have a goal. Like they don't know who they – who they want to meet. That's why they take rejection so personally, right? I mean, you know, think about it. If I, if my goal is to meet a specific kind of person and I meet someone and they're not that specific kind of person, I would be glad if they reject me. It means that, you know, I don't have to waste my time hanging out with you because we're not a good fit to begin with anyway. So the first thing is like really know your goals, right? Like, you know, figure out your core values, what are things that are important to you and what kind of people you want to meet. Both, you know, like personally, uh, romantically and professionally. So that's number one. Number two is you have to manage your your way of thinking, right? Like whatever you focus on expands. And a lot of guys have this bad habit of focusing on their past mistakes. And that's why they feel shitty about themselves. So an exercise that I walked them through, especially uh, uh, during our first month of working together is every single day I get them to write, I get them to write down three things that they like about themselves and they all have to be different right because we're so quick to criticize like you know before back in the day i i would criticize myself about my height you know my oh i'm short you know i'm five five um oh i'm asian you know like i'm i'm no one's gonna like me because i'm different and you know back then i used to be overweight so like yeah you know i have some stretch marks in my body right and i would criticize myself for that too but then over time, as I, you know, again, personally implemented this strategy of coming up with things that I was thankful for, I started to really like fall in love with myself because now I know what's good about me. Because how can you know what's good about you if you never take the time, right? So that's that's the first part, you know, mindset. Number two is first impressions. Um, you know, you guys would appreciate this because you guys are both in the style niche, you know, like people have already made up their minds very quickly about who you are as a person in a matter of seconds, right? Um, so control the controllables, you know, fix your body language, right? Um, your style, you know, like quick win for most guys, you know, like you can take a guy who's out of shape, um, you, know, you know, like uh, uh, kind of shorter or whatever, but then you get him a good haircut and you get him clothes that fit, man, like automatically he becomes attractive, you know, in, in, in like a couple hours, right, of shopping and grooming. So that's number two, um, you know, control the controllables uh, and dress in a way to attract the right people in your life, right? Like, again, this goes back to what we talked about in the first one, set a clear goal, who do you want to meet? And then number two, ask yourself, how do you want to, how should you present yourself to attract those people, right? And then number three, managing your social anxiety. Again, um, a lot of guys that I've worked with have the tendency of focusing on the worst case scenario and then over amplifying it in their heads, right? I had this guy before who had this fear of talking to people because he truly believed that people will, will spit at him if he says something stupid. It, it, like he believed it, like the sun will shine tomorrow. You know, he believed it like gravity, right? So again, like managing your thoughts, managing your expectations and focusing on why things will work instead of why things will not, right? 
So that's uh, the third part. Number four, a lot of guys who are inexperienced with socializing, you know, like they just don't have that comfort around people. So I've got a few things to say about that. Number one, uh, make a list of the most common questions that you get asked and then prepare your, your response ahead of time. You know, so like when you meet someone for the first time, they're going to ask you, what do you do? They're going to ask you about what do you do for fun? They're going to ask you about your upbringing, you know? So instead of like coming up with like a default, like, oh, I'm an engineer. I went to this school, whatever, you know, like make your story more exciting, right? Add some emotions into it. So instead of saying I'm an engineer, just be like, oh, I actually uh, work as, um, as a software developer and, you know, I'm involved you know, just add some more details, right? You know, I, I help the, the city, you know, like uh, run the electricity around different buildings, stuff like that. You know, just be more descriptive when you're talking about stuff and, and ask open-ended questions. That's another thing that most guys get wrong. They ask questions that are answerable by yes or no. So, you know, instead of asking, uh, do you like your job? Ask, what do you like about your job, right? That opens the door for uh, deeper conversations. And then lastly, you know, lifestyle, uh, again, like everyone behaves differently depending on where you meet them. You know, from a dating perspective, a girl that you meet at a coffee shop will behave differently than a girl you meet at a nightclub, right? So pick your strengths. If you're not the kind of person who enjoys going to loud and busy environments, you know, pick environments where where you can win and showcase your strengths and personality. And then just do that over and over again, and you'll be socially successful. Man, that's awesome. That's <laughs> I feel like we just got a, a, the summary bit of of a high ticket coaching right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey man, like what I said, right? Like I'm, I'm happy to share. So there you go. And so that's basically the framework that you use with your clients. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Of course. Well, yeah, that was really awesome. Some of the stuff there about just repositioning the way that you, you know, I think of my own job, like, oh, I'm in sales versus what you actually do. There's some great stuff in there. So Mike, what's the best place to, for people to follow you? I know you, you're working on a book now. You've got two books out there. What, uh, what are some of the places people could look for you? Yeah, so if you want to uh, check the podcast interviews that I have with other experts, you know, if you want to check out my books. And uh, by the way, if you want to download my free cheat sheet that will help you approach and talk to anybody, just go to my website, socialconfidencemastery.com. Excellent. It was great catching up with you. Good seeing you at Menfluential, and uh, I actually bought my ticket already, so I'll be looking forward nice. to connecting before that, but also seeing there as well. Yeah, thank you, Brock. Thank you, John. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. I hope uh, the audience uh, listeners get a, get a ton of value listening to this. Great. Sure. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening to the Buttoned Up Podcast, a collaboration between John Shanahan of The Cavalier and Brock McGough of Modest Man, and we'll see you next week.